Hello, hello, and welcome to the Healthy Be Human podcast. My name is Callie. I'm your podcast host, and I am so excited to have you here today listening. Wherever you are in the world, welcome my gorgeous queen to the podcast. Today's episode, we have a very special guest on the show. You are going to feel so, so hyped up, motivated, and re-excited for life again after this episode. I know I was after our conversation, and so our guest today is Maddie. Jaconi. We're going to get into all of our amazing conversation about career advice, about following your dreams, taking leaps of faith, and all the things. But before we do that, we're going to get into our self-check-in that we have every single week on the podcast. This is just a time to check in with yourself, see how you're feeling, see how you're doing, all of the things, and yeah. So wherever you are, take a nice deep inhale through your nose, fill up your lungs with so much goodness, so much love into your beautiful body. And then exhale, letting go of anything that's been holding you back in your life. Let it go. Any doubts, insecurities, judgment, release it with your breath. All right, next question. I want you to ask yourself on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being amazing, 1 being not so hot, how are you feeling today? And as you answer, never judging yourself, just being so real and just just finding finding what's going on. All right, now I want you to ask yourself, okay, I feel like this. Why do I feel like this? Pinpoint the root cause. It's always important when you want to boost your mood or have any sort of internal healing to figure out what's really going on. And now I want you to ask yourself, what is something I can do today to get one step better? Maybe better for you is happier. Maybe better for you is just feeling more productive, having less clutter in your mind. Whatever it is, just think about it. Okay. On another note, grab a water near you and we're going to cheers and hydrate our bods in three, two, one. Cheers to hydration. All right. I mildly, mildly cheated on that one this time because I just got Poppy's cranberry fizz seasonal drink. If you don't know what Poppy is, it's a prebiotic, prebiotic soda. I'm obsessed with Poppy. It's, oh, this flavor is so good. So I'm currently sipping it as we record. But anyways, hydration is key. And I guess prebiotic soda can kind of count, I guess. Anyways, now I want you to ask yourself, what is something that I love about myself? A lot of the times we spend our days just having those mean girl thoughts happening in the mind. And I want you to just show yourself some love here. You deserve it. Maybe give yourself a little pat on the back in the process. All right, now our final question is I want you to ask yourself, what is one dream that I have that I am going to take the first step towards making happen today? It can be a big or small dream, no matter what. Just think about that. It always starts with the first step. Baby steps will get you to climb that mountain. I promise. You can't scale that mountain in one go. It has to take the baby steps to get there. All right, moving on. We're going to get into our little life update. You guys, I realized this week that when I procrastinate something, I procrastinate it in a low-key productive way. Here's what happens. I find myself cleaning when I procrastinate or organizing. Organizing is honestly my thing over cleaning. Today, I completely reorganized my entire room you guys so the office space that I have to film content in film workouts in film my podcast in 
I literally flipped the entire thing. It was so funny. I was like working earlier today in this room and I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's so cluttered. I just feel like my mind can't, can't just like focus. You know what I mean? And so like environment makes a huge impact. I've noticed on my own mental sanity and my creativity and productivity. So I was like, we're going to make this, this room like feel good. So I basically decided that I don't want my desk in the middle of the room. It was just against the wall in the middle of the room. And I'm just like, I want this room to be my little creative space. I don't want to look at it and associate it with work because honestly, creating content isn't work. It's fun. Like I love it. So I put the desk inside my closet. It's facing the closet wall and I have the doors open right now. My chair is against the desk. I have a nice bright light. I have a cute photo. I made it honestly super cozy and cute. And I put it against the wall because I was like, I don't want to want, I don't want to sit at this desk for hours every day. And I know that if it's in a location that I'm obsessed with, I will. So I'm going to try this out and I'll let you guys know how it feels. But the desk is in the closet and the reformer is on the side of the wall where the desk was now. And there's just so much more room. Oh my gosh, in this room. It's crazy. But I don't know if I sound echoey recording because I feel like now there's so much space. It's kind of echoey in the room. But anyways, I also rolled up the rug. I got rid of the rug. It's in the garage now and it just feels so light, airy and open and I'm honestly so obsessed. So that is what I did to procrastinate my life. But you know, honestly, it was productive and you know, something that I want to work on is maybe giving myself a time block of I'm going to work for 30 minutes, 45 minutes and then I'm going to clean and organize for another 15 Maybe that would help me. If you have any tips on this, let me know because I'm noticing that this is a common theme in my life. It's not terrible, but you know, sometimes I have work priorities and if I clean all the time, I'm not going to get them done. Other life updates. I was sick last week. I got home. I got back from Pittsburgh from Thanksgiving and immediately had a cold and I was just like kind of out of it for the whole week. Just sniffling, coughing, but I'm up and up, feeling healthy again. And then I realized because I was having some pretty intense mood swings the past few days, that my period is coming in several days. And so I've been trying to just work with my moods, work with my body and energy and just not overdo it because sometimes I feel like I get in my head a little bit right before my period. I don't know about you guys, but the week before sometimes it can be, it can not be my fave, but I'm just trying to work with the bod and just trying to like do some chill workouts that make me feel really good and also just spend time with Jesus. And if I feel overwhelmed, instead of just getting in my head or scrolling and spiraling, I'll just, today I closed my eyes and I was like, God, I feel overwhelmed. Help me know what to make right now. Help me know what to create for my platforms and it helped and he spoke to me and he's awesome but anyways that was a kind of long intro other than that I'm really excited because we're going to a little weekend camp this upcoming weekend I help lead if you guys are familiar with it it's called Young Life and I'm a leader in my area and so we're gonna do a weekend camp for the kids and I'm really excited because I haven't been super involved for the past month with all the wedding stuff moving stuff and I'm really excited to just like hang out with these amazing high schoolers and just share love with them but anyways that is the update I have so many fun things in store for you guys I also launched booty bands this these are now available I'll link them below they're really cute Pilates princess booty bands I've been designing them for several months now and if you are looking for some cute 
pink bands they are going to help take your workout to the next level. They're super comfy. They don't roll up when you're doing those donkey kicks and pinch your legs and do all that just uh, really annoying things that latex bands do. These bands are amazing. I've been using them consistently in my routine and I feel like I've gotten so much stronger. They're super travel friendly too because they're so light. You can just slip them in your backpack or your bag and you won't even notice it's there and they're just incredible. I love them. I've been using resistance bands for several years now and I really feel like they give my workouts that extra oomph I need to just get stronger. So I'll link those below if you want to grab your bands. We have a limited quantity so definitely snatch them up if you want them and maybe even a little Christmas idea. Christmas op. You could tell your parents or your friends, hey I love these bands. Tell your tell your significant other hey, I love these bands. <laughs> so anyways, that is the vibe. I also want to restock the I Love You hoodie. Maybe I think this week I'll restock it. So keep a lookout for that. If you didn't snag your I Love You hoodie, I will be restocking that. But that's the update. Let's get into our episode. Everyone welcome Madison on the podcast. I hope you absolutely love this episode. If you do, tag us in your stories on Instagram at Healthy Human Pod, and I'll be sure to repost you. All right, let's get into it. Yeah, so my name is Madison Chaconi, uh, aka at Mads Tads, M A D D Z T A D D Z on Instagram. Um, so fun fact about me, my last name's Chaconi. That's also Madonna's last name. And so when I went to try to change my handle to try to own my own brand, you know, um, all the mad Chaconis were taken. So I am up until this point, always and forever, Mads Tads, which is like a silly nickname from high school that's really just like become part of my brand, which is kind of wild. I live in Boston, Massachusetts, and I have been teaching at a little place called Soul Cycle for over eight years now. And I do a lot of personal development, coaching, speaking. Uh, I publish a gratitude practice. So I'm in the speaking author uh, coaching space, if you will, something like that, you know? I love it. I love it. So tell me, how did you get started with SoulCycle? Yeah. So um, actually it was by way of kind of getting let go from a job. I feel like, isn't that always how a big catalyst for change happens? Kind of, sort of, I mean, maybe. Uh, so I had been kind of in the space of digital marketing and advertising, and I would keep getting hired at these like big box agencies. And uh, I think it happened like twice. I got let go and it was never like, Hey, you're like doing a bad job. It was just kind of like, mm, we're like letting this go or like, we're not really keeping this department or like we lost a bunch of accounts and we'll hire you back in the new year. And I was like, this is just like not it. And this was at a point when I was, I was actually in LA at the time. And, uh, I was like, I think I'm done with LA. I think this is all the signs pointing me to leave LA. Like I'm done. So I went online and, you know, this place called soul cycle was really taking off. And I had had experience working with Equinox, the front desk before, cause I obviously wanted like the free membership in LA, which was like the coolest place in the world to work. Equinox was Hollywood. It's like the, I don't know. It's the coolest place. It's like the community aspect of the coolest gym in, in, in the play, in the whole I don't know, the whole country, maybe. Um, I don't know if that's like too <laughs> overzealous to say or whatever, but it was like awesome. So I was like, hey, this place called Soul Cycle is really lit. Let me see what they have available. And they had a job for a managing position open in Boston. So I applied for it and they, you know, I went on a series of interviews and shadows and they didn't hire me the first time. So I went back to another agency, did like got let go again after like six months, you know, projects done, like we don't have room for you, bye. Cool. 
I go back to soul cycle and I'm like, oh, I'm going to apply again and see what happens. They call me up and they're like, Hey, we don't have that job in Boston anymore, but we actually have a job open in LA if you want to take it. And I was like, all right, let's just see. Let's just see what LA still has in store for me. So lo and behold, I get hired at SoulCycle as a studio assistant studio manager at the West Hollywood location. I would go on to open up our Culver City studios, which at the time was our West Coast headquarters. And, you know, because I worked there, I was riding all the time. I was part of the community, you know, in my head, I was like, oh, I'll get in and then I'll go back to New York headquarters and I'll do like social media marketing. Like it'll all work out, but I'll start here at the, you know, working as a assistant studio manager. And I was riding up for all these who's who instructors at the time, you know, you'd be like the celebrity talent of instructors at the time, because, you know, that's really what it felt like when the rocket ship of indoor cycling was taking off. And after a while riding for all these people, people were like, Hey, why don't you do this? And this is so much a part of what I talk about where sometimes you don't realize that you have these innate skills and abilities and gifts until someone else points them out to you. Because, right, it's all about perspective. Like, I can't see the good that I'm doing. I can't necessarily see what I'm doing when I'm in it, when I'm in my body actually going through the motions of it. But other people sometimes can point that out in you. And that's really exactly what happened. And I call that the knock. So the knock, like, was so many people were like, why don't you become an instructor? So I eventually auditioned for SoulCycle. I made it to New York, you know, you go to New York, you go to this whole training thing. And at the time it was like way longer of a process than it is now. Now it's super streamlined. It's like a month long at the time. It was like three months you're in, I was in uh, New York for the summer, did the whole thing. And then, uh, they gave me a couple different cities to move to. And so Boston was on that list and I grew up in Rhode Island. So I was like, Hey, better the devil I know, right. than going to a brand new city. And that's really what put me back in Boston. So that's like how the full circle kind of happened for me. Grew up in Rhode Island, went to college in Nashville, moved out to LA by way of Belmont West. Ellen DeGeneres worked in entertainment for a long time, burnt out, fired, got let go, whatever. And that brought me back to, you know, this whole fitness wellness journey, which eventually brought me back to the East Coast. And that is like the very Judy Bloom version of what brought me to Boston today. I know. Crazy, right? Wow. And that's there's so wild. much in there. <laughs> that's it. I was going to say, there's so much to unpack. You're like, oh my goodness. I have 800 more questions for you, but yeah. So that's kind of like how it happened full circle going from, you know, East coast, the South West coast and back. So yeah. Wow. So I want to just go back to when you were working at the different agencies and they let you go. How did you navigate just or like, what were the feelings that you experienced when they let you go? Yeah, just so much, so much shame, right? I think what's so interesting is no one really prepares you for those kind of moments, right? You're always prepared for like the job interviews and the whatever, and you know, how to try to, you know, do that kind of part of the business, get the job, get the thing. You're never really prepared for the bottom outs or the pitfalls or where you might need to pivot or how to advocate for yourself and be like, okay, well, this isn't, you know, what I was hired for. I remember at one of the agencies I was working at for like six months, I was hired as a high level. I always worked as a high level EA, uh, chief executive officer, like working for, you know, C-suite level executives. And I was always like 
I ran other executives lives. Like that's the point of having a high level EA is you basically are like almost an appendage to that chief officer, whether it's CEO, CMO, you know, CTO, whatever it is. And so I was at a high level in also a, a realm of business that was very much in that celebrity talent realm. So it was even more high level because you were constantly dealing with such powerful talent around you. Um, so there was a lot of, it, it was just so different than what I got hired to do. Mm. Um, and I almost feel like this happens to a lot of people. And I hear this, like you get hired for one thing and then you're expected to do basically like three people's jobs. So that's basically what was happening. I was like having to do some HR. I was doing like finance. I was doing all the stuff that I wasn't trained for. And honestly, when I look back at the time, I just didn't advocate for myself. I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to say, Hey, like I'm doing, I'm being spread too thin. I don't understand what any of this stuff is. I've never done this before, but this is not anything I've ever done in the past, you know, however many years of my life being a EA PA in Hollywood. And now I'm doing all these other things. So after like six months, I remember it was a Monday, a Monday evening at 6 PM. And I get a call to go into HR and I'm like, that's so weird. And like, that was how they let me go. Like, so I came in on a Monday at, and they made me work the whole day. What? And then they let me go at like 6 PM. They're like, yeah, it's not really like working. And so at the time, you know, I'm young. I don't know. This is like the like second time I really got let go somewhere. And, um, the first time was like more of like, we lost all the accounts, you know, whatever as agency life is, if you lose all your accounts before the holidays, which usually happens between like November and December, right? You work on all these projects all year. And then if no money comes in, they're like, well, we can't pay everybody to be here basically is what happens. This second one was more like I was being asked to do something that was like three different people's jobs. So anyway, I go out to my parking lot and I remember I drove like a little white Jetta at the time. And I remember sitting in my car and just like hysterically crying mm. and just being like, God, I don't understand what is going on. And I keep trying and trying and I want to be in LA and I'm trying to do this like marketing and advertising and like Hollywood, like I'm trying to do all this stuff and just nothing is working. And I think that it's one of those moments that you're not prepared for. And you also really only figure out how to navigate when you get really, really quiet and when kind of the rug gets pulled from you. You know, I think so often, especially now with social media and everything, like we always see people's highlights, how they're doing it. How are you doing it? How are you doing it? But very, very rarely do we get to see what it's like when someone's in their lowest of lows. Like, how did you pull yourself up out of that? Or what happens when you get called in on a Monday and you're let go and you don't have a job and you're afraid that you're going to lose your apartment and you're afraid you're going to have to leave where you live because you're across the country, like all that stuff. And really what that looked like for me is I had a few friends that were like, Hey, Matt's like, you are constantly, you know, teaching yoga or going to yoga or going to fitness. You're always at Equinox, you're always at soul cycle or wherever, you know, class pass was just starting at the time. It was like the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> like, why don't you go into that? And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. And that's really what made me kind of open my eyes a little bit more to the LinkedIn post that said, Hey, like soul cycles hiring. Um, mm. and just completely pivoting from being in that like corporate space, whatever, doing whatever I was trying to do at the time and taking a whole different approach to it. 
Uh, and even that, you know, I, sometimes I think about my story and the way it all worked out. Like I worked really, really hard and I'm also, I'm not, what's the word I'm trying to say? It baffles me that it worked out sometimes the way it did, you know? Yeah. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Had you ever considered working in fitness before your friend said that? So not really. It was more of a hobby to me and I loved it. You know, it was like my outlet. It's what I did for fun. And I would go to all the classes and all the different modalities and I was getting my yoga teacher training during the time I was at that last company I talked about. So I was working, you know, Monday through Friday on Thursday and Friday night from like seven to almost midnight, I'd go train. And then all weekend I would go train. And that's how I got my yoga teacher certification or whatever. And I was just doing that because I was like kind of interested. Yeah. Maybe I'll teach yoga, like cool LA. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Yes. And so it really, I wasn't really that serious about it yet. I was kind of like one foot in, one foot out. And this was also at a time in my life where I was like partying super hard. I was really involved with like the, that deep, dark Hollywood crew. Mm. And um, so I was always straddling this line between like fitness, wellness, and then also like going out, partying. Like my lifestyle did not match up. You know okay. what I'm saying? I, that was me in 2021. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. So I've never related more to the green. There was uh, the green juice, the meme. That's like, I hope this green juice makes up for all like the (laughs) shit I did to myself over the weekend or whatever. Oh my gosh. Or the crap I did to myself over the weekend. Um, so that's kind of what led me then to the whole world that is soul cycle. And then would lead me further down that. Wow. That's so cool. I love that. The fact that your friends were like, hey, you should, you should try that. That's like, those are some good friends to encourage I you. I feel like it's so important to do that from time to time. Even if you find yourself in a place where you're like, I actually don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what my skills are. I don't know what my gifts are. I really, truly hope and I pray that everybody has the kind of friends or mentorship or people around them or people at their jobs or just like any kind of community around them. I don't care where it is, what sandbox is in, like what arena you play in. I hope that you have people that you can say, even like, what are the five, what are the three qualities you see in me the most? Or what do you think my top three skills are? And even just from that saying like, okay, you're super this, you're super this, you're super that. You hear that from somebody. Then at least you can start to like put the bumpers in the, you know, bowling alley lane and get more towards the center. And I think that's what so many of us are trying to do as we go down this journey in life is like get more towards the center. And it's something I talk about a lot in my own coaching program of like, hell yes versus hell no. 
And what I mean by that is when you start to really figure out what your non-negotiable no's are, that is going to ton- like create that tunnel vision. Again, like I really visualize that bowling alley right down the middle of kind of where you should be. It just starts to really fine tune what your yeses might be. Because I hear so often, like, I'm so stuck. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm like, well, figure out what you don't want to do. I'll never forget when I left one of my jobs in corporate, I remember I was saying, I will never, ever get someone else's lunch ever again. Like that chapter of my life is done. I did it. I quote unquote, you know, earn my stripes or whatever, you know, you have to say in that industry. But I was like, I don't ever want to get someone's lunch again, unless I'm going with them, unless we're doing it together or unless it's under some kind of like wild circumstances. Mm. Um, and that's like, that's so just like, like silly things like that. Yeah. And that going back to just when you were like, you need to advocate for yourself. It's important to get real with yourself too. And like the non-negotiables and be, I think so often I've noticed with myself in the past when there's been an opportunity and I look at the bullets and three of the five check off. And then the other two, I'm like, Oh, like, I don't really want to do that, but you know what? Like I'm going to do it anyway. Those opportunities, when I do them, I resist them. And I definitely don't enjoy them because I sacrificed some of my negotiables. And so it is really important to advocate for yourself and to have set those boundaries too, and to know yeah. what you need. And I think too, where it gets a little gray area is there are going to be times in your life where you might have to sacrifice one of those things in order to get even further than where you want to go. Like there's a saying that goes something like, don't sacrifice your, um, it's like what you want most for what you want right now. And that kind of feels like in the same vein of there's definitely been times in my life where I've had to take on a job or take on something that maybe wasn't my be all end all. I didn't really know if it was a great fit, but I was like, listen, this might be a stepping stone or what, what transferable skills can I take from this? And mm. then maybe go do the thing I wanted to do. Cause I think that's where a lot of people can get tripped up too. They can look at something and if it doesn't check off every single box, I hear about this in relationships all the time. Like it has to be a hundred percent perfect. It has to check off every box. Like, and that is just not the case. There's always going to be a little bit of give and take, but as long as like the number is over like 50% or over 60, as long as you're leading more towards the things you want and your heck yeses versus all your non-negotiable no's and like going against all your boundaries and all your morals and all the things you really believe in, then you're always going to err on the side, like the better side of things. And I believe you'll probably come out better off. And if it's not a perfect fit, then maybe that will take you to the next best thing for you. Mm, I love that. I want to pivot yeah. a little bit and ask you a question yeah. about teaching at Soul Cycle. So totally. I okay, I have a couple of questions. The first one go for it. <laughs> how on earth do you guys teach? and stay super cheerleadery and pep talky while also cycling with everyone? How do you do it? <laughs> you know, I don't know if I'm a good person to ask this question to anymore because I've been doing it for so long. So I'm almost, I'm almost so conditioned for it that it doesn't even, it doesn't really phase me. How was it when you first um, started? When I first started, I was like a, a walking zombie. I was teaching three classes a day, every day, six days a week. I remember at one point I was teaching anywhere between 18 and 22 classes a week on some weeks doing triples, quads, a quad for anybody listening is four classes a day. 
it was just insane. You eat like a monster. I was eating like a linebacker. You can't get enough calories in. You're napping all day. And your whole life revolves around like playlisting, going to teach, playlisting, going to teach. And although that sounds so psychotic and so draining and so awful and like, I don't necessarily, it's so weird because we're in such a different, I feel like we're in such a different place in society, like societally right now that when I look back, I'm like, oh, I don't, I wouldn't want that for anybody, but that's how I got so good at what I'm doing because I didn't have time to second guess myself. I was already on to the next class. I didn't have time to nitpick every single thing I did. I didn't have time for, for perfectionism. I didn't have time to overthink it. It was like do or die in a lot of ways. It was like next one, onto the next one. Oh, that song didn't land, that class didn't land. It's okay because you got another one at 12.15. And so when I look back at that, I'm like, oh, that's so challenging. I don't know if I would want that for anybody now. And I'm also like, there was, I learned a lot then. And there were a lot of great things about discipline and like teaching and musicality and grit, inner strength, faith that really were very prevalent during that time. So it's like one of those things, like, I don't know how to be like, oh, I don't know. It's one of those things like you want, I, even when I think of people that call me up now and they're like asking me questions and they're like, well, I teach, you know, four times a week. And, and I'm like, oh, that's so challenging. Cause I used to teach four times a day. So can you see how like the compound effect of your actions, like that 10,000 hour rule to master any craft happens so much faster in that time? Yeah. So, um, it was, it was definitely really hard. It's hard. It's like being an Olympic athlete. You're trading like an Olympic athlete and yeah. you don't have an off season or a weekend. So how did you navigate burnout with that specifically with your cycle too? So I feel like I definitely was pretty much always operating in a, in a place of burnout. Uh, and I had to get really, really good at, you know, eating was a huge one. Napping, not feeling guilty about napping. I used to really struggle with that because I was like, oh, well, the rest of the world is up. And I was like, well, the rest of the world doesn't do what you do, Matt. So um, I really looked at a lot of different athletes the way they did. Like I always allude to LeBron and how much time and money and energy he puts on recovery. And I was like, that's what you need to emulate basically. But you were always teetering on your, your bucket was always full. It's like one wrong move could tweak your back one wrong thing. And you could feel, you know, just totally whatever, but I think at the time I was just so obsessed and so in love with it. And so just tunnel vision focused on the goal of becoming one of the best instructors in the country. I wanted to be a master instructor. I wanted, I had this holographic carrot, which we can talk about that because, <laughs> you know, it's a whole made up thing, but I was so tunnel visioned on that. And I wanted it so bad that I feel like sometimes when you want something so bad and it means something so much to you obsession doesn't always have to be a bad thing. It can also be a really good thing because I think that I didn't feel the effects of like the burnout or like the downtime. And because I just wanted it so bad, my want for it outweighed any kind of emotion or whatever that would come up in me. 
And yeah, I would get sad or I'd get pissed off about things or I'd feel really tired or whatever. And then I just tried to do other things to fill up. Or I would always Mm -hmm. just say to myself, this is just a period of time. And if this is what you want, then this is the sacrifice you have to make at the time. And that kind of goes back to what I was talking about with like, sacrifice is a word you don't hear a lot when people are talking about success and talking about how they did it because it's not sexy. Sacrifice doesn't sell. That's not a cool thing. That's not really a glorified thing, but it is so much of the process and the journey. If you're trying to get to a peak of any kind of business, if you're trying to get to the top of the top, you know, like cream rises to the top type of thing, there is going to be some level of sacrifice in there for sure. And then the 2.0 to that is you have to figure out how to manage it because if it's all given, no get back, I think that's really where your burnout truly starts to fuse. Like the visual I have is like the rubber wires and you know, you've ever seen like a rubber wire and the rubber parts peel back and like all the coppers like, yeah, yeah. That's the feeling when there's all sacrifice and no give, no replenishing, Mm, no filling up your cup. So what's the fine line? Would you say? I think it's really different for everybody. And I think it's really around where your mindset is at the time and what you're striving towards. Mm -hmm. And I think that really determines your wherewithal when you're kind of in the, in the arena, if you will, of like, pushing towards that next thing for yourself. And that's where it gets really challenging because everybody is so different. Everybody's tolerance level for what they can do and can't do and what the sleep they need or what they need to eat or how they can take care of themselves. It's all very different depending on your output, output, right? So something I've really been marinating in a lot lately is your rest and recovery. Your input has to be the same as your output. And so even my own mantra right now is you you have to rest just as hard as you work. Mm, It was, yeah. Like work hard, play hard. Yeah. But now we're going to like double down on that. The output needs to be the same as the input. Yeah. You have to have a full cup to give. It's like gasoline. You hear that all the time. Yeah. You hear that all the time, but like, yeah, let's allude to gasoline. You wouldn't drive a Ferrari around on E to the point where it could overheat the engine because it's a super expensive sports car and you're like whoa I gotta treat it right that's basically your body running on fumes when you don't fill it back up with whatever you need and now I think there are going to be different times I think there's going to be different cycles in your life where you have to grind really hard and then you have to pull back really hard or maybe there's a season of rest where you're more in creative space and trying to figure out your energy and you know peeling back a little, like the arrow pulling back where you're ideating and figuring it out and, and, and plotting. And then there's the go where you're pushing and striving. And that's where the hard work and the grind is, but there has to be different seasons, almost like the weather, right? I, my friend sent me a really cool meme recently that talked about the trees. And when we look at a tree and all the leaves fall off, we're like, oh my gosh, the tree is dead or whatever. And we can look this up later, I'm sure. But it's because all the tree's energy is going into itself to basically like preserve itself through the winter. And it has something to do with the roots staying healthy and like going deeper. And so that's really the visual I've been thinking of myself when it comes to like, you're blooming, like that's the grind, the go, the like, whoa, 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 the 
all the outward things that you see on your social, the speaking, this, that, and then you're going to have seasons where you need to root down Mm -hmm. and go back inward and replenish. And I think when you don't figure that out, that's where you start to run into like the problems, the burnout, the throwing your hands up. I can't do this anymore. What are some ways that you replenish in your life? So this is a question I do get asked a lot. And I have to tell you, I really struggle with it because I'm very seasonal in my Mm. recreational activities. What I mean by that is in the winter, I love to ski, which doesn't help being such an active athlete in my job or part of my job, but I love skiing. That's a huge thing I do in the winter. That makes me so happy. In the summer, I'm a beach girl. I like to rollerblade outside. Um, That's really where I find the most joy. Like reading a beach on a book, you could leave me to rot for ages. (laughs) And right now, seriously, you could just leave me. Give me 10 books, leave me on a beach anywhere. Don't come talk to me. I will be great. Uh, Bring me some food here and there and I'm good. But yeah, um, so I've really been trying to find more recreation and fun in the in-betweens. So right now is really challenging for me in Boston. It's fall. I can't go squeaky quite yet, but Mm. it's too cold to like really be outside. Although over the weekend it was 80 degrees and I went and jumped in the ocean. It was awesome. Oh, And my heart was so full. Yeah. So really trying to figure that out and find more places for fun and joy. And, and that's something I'm constantly working on too. You know, I've really started to read more books, like fun books, not all books about personal development or I always felt like when I read before, everything I read had to be about like up-leveling and like business and like (laughs) everything I did always had to have an ROI on it, like a return on investment in some way in my business. But what I'm starting to realize is that play and that recreation and going to do random things, um, the return on investment in that is the filling up. It is the gasoline. It is the Mm. replenishing, the watering you need to then come back out stronger on the other side. Um, so I'm really working on that right now too. Uh, you know, I like what's a little challenging is my soul cycle part of my job, other than the coaching and all the other things I do, podcasting, speaking, it's a lot of fun. I love music. I went to school for music. It incorporates music. So, you know, I, I'm trying to figure that out where, where there's more fun when a lot of the things that are in my job are also really fun. Yeah. That's something that I've had to navigate myself too. And right? lately I've, I've been returning to my childhood sport and that's been really Yes. Fun. Oh my gosh. I saw you <laughs> ice skating. It was so awesome. You're really good. I am always you. like, I do not understand how you put your head down and you do those spins. I would vomit. <laughs> oh, I, it's so <laughs> funny. Like <laughs> Like when I, the first day I got back and I, the first day I did it after a year of not really skating, I would do the spin and I'd stand up and it was like, I couldn't see anything, but yeah. the secret, the secret to gain undizzy is you spin the other way. Oh, wow. Undizzy. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's like a perfect example. Like the ice skating, I was horseback riding for a while, but oh, it, cool. it's, the barn was too far away. So it started to become like an hour and a half there, an hour and a half back. Mm. And I was like, this isn't this isn't what I, what I want it to be. Um, so again, just staying curious, maybe finding a new barn, maybe, you know, little things like that. But I think so much of it is just getting curious, but I love that going back to what you really like to do when you were younger. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So how many hours? So now, so for SoulCycle now, how many hours do you typically teach a week or how many classes? So I was teaching 10 and I recently have gone down to seven. How does that feel and, for you? You know, I don't know yet. It's so weird. Technically seven is considered part-time. So now I'm a part-time. And the reason why I did that is I want to create more mm. and I want to do other things. But because so much of my energy is constantly being siphoned by the output that is soul cycle, which I love, I can't focus on what I want to build outside of that because I'm always operating at 50% or less. And I don't, a lot of times it's a lot less. Yeah. You know, like I would go teach two classes and then I would rush to drive to speak on a panel or stage and I'd get there and I'd already be so exhausted and then somehow push through because that's what I really wanted. And that's also going back, like what a great return to what we talked about before of like sacrifice of pushing through because I want that other thing so bad, but then realizing, okay, well, where can I taper back in this thing so that maybe the creative side or the thing I want most, which is to speak more and to coach more and to create impact in that way, maybe I have to pull back on this other thing in order for that to bloom and shine. Yeah. So it's always this delicate ballet dance. But it sounds so easy for me to say, Callie, when I am 35 years old sitting here after over a decade of that ballet dance and hitting my head and hitting the burnout and getting fired and not being able to figure it out. Like it's so easy for me to make it sound pretty or whatever I'm making it sound like. So if you're listening right now and you're like, yeah, but like, I don't see myself in that. I promise you there's just different seasons. And it also just takes time to figure out these things and what feels good and what works and the process of letting go of doing something for eight years and saying, I love this so much. And I sat at the edge of the diving board forever. And I was always this person that operated out of, and maybe you can relate to this, the all or nothing complex. And I felt like if I was, if I wasn't all in on soul cycle, then I had to be fully out. Then I should just mm. quit and walk away. Yeah. And you'll hear that a lot in business. Well, just quit and like dive off the cliff and, and start your own thing and start your podcast and start your thing. Well, guess what? Not everybody is sitting on a trust fund. Like what? You've got to give yourself <laughs> yes. some runway, right? You've got to give yourself a morning. you got to feel it out. And I think that is what I'm doing right now. And that was a really tough decision. I sat at the end of that diving board. Like, I know I don't really want to do this the way I'm doing it anymore. Yeah. For years now, probably really two years. Why do you think you sat on it for so long? I think you second guess yourself a lot. I second guess the gut feeling. Even now I'm wondering if I second guess it, like if I should just walk away completely and fully dive into this other aspect of business that I really want to. But I also feel like my love for what I do and the amount of impact I create is really big in that room still. Um, so right now this feels like a really good middle ground. Yeah, I get, you know, I feel like Hannah Montana, I get the best of both worlds right now. <laughs> Instead of having to have this like gut-wrenching goodbye of something I love right now, why can't I do both? And you know what yeah. it is too, Callie? It's like, I have a tendency and I know a lot of people do of comparing myself to other people. It's just the world we live in. Everything is so in your face now with all the different 
apps and things. So I'm constantly comparing my business to other people. I've actually even have coaches almost like push me to try to like quit soul cycle because they think like you, you could be so much bigger than that. And I'm like, yeah, but this is my journey. This is my story. I have to do right now what feels good for me. And I don't know what's going to happen. I have yeah. no idea. A month from now or two months from now, I could be like, that was the biggest mistake I made. And then I could pivot and reroute. And I think that goes back to what I was saying about all or nothing. Why do we have that mentality of all, like all or nothing? Like I'm going to lose everything and I can't get it back or this level of permanence. Like everything is impermanent and you get to decide and you get to create and you get to craft, especially when you get to a certain place in your life where you, you have that. Like, I'm very grateful that I get to kind of now create this life for myself that I'm envisioning. And it doesn't have to be all in or out, all out. We put too much pressure on ourselves. Like you were saying yeah. with the, the permanence, I've done the same thing. I, I found myself guilty of putting myself in boxes. I'm like, oh, I teach Pilates, but like, can I, can I go to the gym and do weights? Is that going to like, you know, and before I know it, I'm stuck in a yeah. box and it's as humans and we're always evolving. It's not natural to confine ourselves and to put these this cage on ourselves because that's that's gonna hold us back from truly evolving into the person that God made us to be and the purpose he has for our life too. Yeah, I think that is really, you know, oh my gosh, I love this. So do you know the picture of the little kid with the teddy bear? And then, oh my gosh, I have to send this to you. So the picture looks like this. And maybe if you're listening, you know this picture, there's a little, it's usually like a little boy or a girl with a teddy bear. And then there's, a picture of God next to them. And the teddy bear behind God's back is huge. <gasps> and it's this whole thing of like, if you just let go, sometimes there might be something bigger and better on the other side, but you have to learn to like, let go a little bit. And the middle ground for me right now is letting go to this identity around push, right? Like I said before, I was teaching all these classes So much of my identity was wrapped up in that. It was wrapped up in my level of output. I wore those classes like a badge of honor. And something I've been saying a lot, and I really hope that if you're listening, you can maybe implement this in your own life is who is that serving? Because for a period of time, it served me to learn and do all those things. And I felt awesome. And I pushed and I got the accolades and I got the titles and the photo shoots and the at-home bike and all the things I wanted. I got to teach at the barn. I got all these things. And as I got them, I started to realize I still wasn't that fulfilled. And so then you start to go on this journey of, okay, well, what is actually going to fill me up then? Mm, Have you found that yet? Yeah, a little bit. What does it look like for you? Right now for me, and something I'm constantly working on and manifesting is like I close my eyes and I picture myself standing on a stage looking out to a room full of hundreds of women and being able to get up and tell stories from my own lived in experience that can help others elevate in their own lives. That makes me feel really excited and really embodied. Like, oh my gosh, that is so exciting. Like I get like, and 
I get to do a little sliver of that every day at Soul Cycle. I was about to just, say. I know. And now yeah. it's just, like I said, like God with the little, the bigger teddy bear. Yeah. I think there's something bigger out there. And I'm also not willing to give up the other thing quite yet. And even when, as I say that, I feel like some people would be like, well, maybe if you gave up that thing, then you would get the other thing. But again, it's my the journey. all or nothing mindset. Yeah, it's my journey and my story. And I get to figure it out because maybe that person's right. But I'm pretty sure I'll figure it out eventually. So yeah. that's kind of like where I'm at right now. Really? Yeah, I love that. I also think too, like in times where it can feel confusing on what's the next move in life, truly just surrendering to the Lord. Be like, God, what do you want me to do? And just listening to him. I know it's, I, it's one thing that I get asked so often, like, how do you do it? And for me, I just, I just pray like, how, like, what, what, what do you got for me today? Like, how can I serve and inspire today? How can I go bigger today? Like what I've always said, service brings you close to source. So depending on what industry you work in, if you are serving others and you truly believe in your heart of hearts that that is your most, I don't know, impactful way of moving through this world and you feel like that's like really where you resonate and you vibrate and that's where the energy is, then it's going to happen for you. And you just have to keep trusting that and listening and getting quiet and praying through it and staying in constant conversation. You know, I'll tell a really funny story quick, but Monday I had something happen that's never happened to me before. My iTunes logged me out of my playlist or my, you know, my account somehow overnight. So when I went to teach my class at 7 a.m. on Monday morning, my iTunes didn't work. Played a song. We got through the first song. It stopped. Okay, everybody roll your legs, whatever, whatever, whatever. I click into another song. It doesn't work. I click into another song. Somehow it works. Okay, now we're like, you know, I, I of course, I'm seasoned in the sense of like, I'm not totally panicked. So I'm like, okay, I'll just like, you know, I'll start to scratch together a playlist while they're writing. That second song plays, music goes out, says again, not connected to Apple Music. I try to log into Spotify. Little did I know at the time, because of our Sirius XM partnership within the studios, if I'm on the Wi-Fi at SoulCycle, I can't play Spotify radio. So now my iTunes isn't working. My Spotify is not working. The class is full, rolling their legs. I run out. I get the little dongle. I come back in. I plug my phone in. And I'm like, please, God. Like, I'm literally, my hands are up. And I'm like, please, 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 please. And the music comes on. Oh. And... It's very interesting because I always say stay in constant conversation. And I, I even, you can't see me right now because this is a podcast and not a video right now, but it's, I literally just like point up and down, like point, constant conversation, not just in the bad moments, in the good moments, in all the in-betweens, when you're winning, when you're losing, when you're on the top of the mountain, when you're in the valley. And I made my whole class about that constant conversation. And keeping it going in all the moments, not just the moments where things are going wrong, but mm. where they're also going right. Yeah. So. That's, that's powerful stuff. It's so cool. It's, yeah. I always, it's always very humbling to me when I think that I have the best thing in mind for myself. And then I'm just talking to the Lord and he's like, 
for example, the other day I was driving to the rink, it's like an hour drive. And I was listening to house music and I was feeling so tired. I was like, I just need a cup of coffee. I felt the Lord be like, Callie, put on worship music. And I was just thinking, I'm going to fall asleep. <laughs> and then yeah. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then I just started praising him and it energized me like no other. And it's one of those things where it's like he, the constant conversation, like he knows what we need and he wants to help us. And it's when we allow him to, and we stop just listening to the chatter in our minds constantly. And we're like, hey God, like, what am I supposed to do? He's gonna yeah. lead us in the right place. And that's the beautiful thing. That's super cool yeah. that story. I play this game every morning. Um, I have like a bunch of different books and I always buy these little books, especially, so I am like a huge thrifter. I love savers. It's literally my favorite store in the whole wide world. <laughs> And um, so I go to the book section at Sabres and there's this whole religion and spirituality section. And I always find those little books, you know, like they're like, you know, prayers for women or whatever they say, you know, they're all, and they're old. They're like, I don't even know where you would go to buy them right now. Maybe, I mean, I guess Amazon, but I'm talking like older, older books. And I buy all these little books and I keep them when I do my gratitude practice and whatever. And I close them and I play a book game where I close it. I'm like, God, what do you got for me today? And I open it. And usually the page that I thumb through and open into, there's a message there that I know I need in that moment. And I'd say like nine times out of 10, it's really serendipitous because it'll be exactly what I need or a certain passage or a certain prayer or something about a passage or prayer, depending on the kind of book it is. And it's very timely and it's very like, it's such like a, a floor moment, like bring you right back down. You're like, Whoa, yeah. Okay. Um, so that's a little something I do too, but yeah, I agree with you. I always, um, there was a while speaking of like when it gets tough, it's whole cycle where I listened to this one song by Steven Furtick over and over and over again. Like I had it on repeat and it was just repeat, repeat, repeat. So I don't know what you listen to out there and what works for you, but that's just another example of how it worked for the two of us. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Wait, I have one more question and this yeah. is kind of going way back. Yeah. So you mentioned that you had a party phase and wellness, the party wellness girly. I was in the same boat, <laughs> but I'm curious. So how did you, how did, are you still in that phase or how did you transition out of it? And I'm, I'm just curious, like what happened? Yeah. So I've talked about this a little bit, but I feel like soul cycle was a non-negotiable that in a lot of ways saved my life because I was getting to a point where I was just drinking and it was out of control and I wouldn't drink for a month. And I, okay, so let's talk about, remember when we were talking about that burnout, the way it manifested for me is I wouldn't drink for like a month. And then I would get to this point where I was so overworked. I was so tired. And I remember it would happen like on a Thursday night because I would work Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then we would go so hard on Thursday that my one day off a week, that Friday would be spent like in bed all day because I was so sick and hungover. And then I would wake up on Saturday and I'd have to be another six days of teaching and I would get nothing done on my day off. I would feel like absolute crap. Um, and I would go into my Saturday feeling like crap because it took me several days to like get over this hangover. And I was just in this horrible, horrible cycle towards the end because I would never drink when I taught. Like if I teach the next day, I never drink. And that's still something that's even gone into a bigger, a whole nother thing. But I was just in this horrible cycle. And to be honest, I just got so sick of myself. I got so sick of feeling like that and having a migraine and feeling like crap. I was like, 
You can't live like this. You cannot be the best at what you're doing and claim all these things and be this picture perfect, you know, at the time, health, performance, coach, whatever, but also then go out and trash your body to the nines and then blow your one day off a week, get nothing done, feel like absolute crap, constant anxiety, like the anxiety is a 10 out of 10 and then wake up and just throw yourself back into it again. And it was so toxic, this cycle I was in. To be honest, I just got to a point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like you're not doing this anymore. And it was just non-negotiable. It was like a day I woke up and I just put a stake in the ground. I said, you're not doing it anymore. Wow. And that just came from like doing it over and over again. Again, like I said, hitting your head. Sometimes you have to hit your head a couple of times before you're like, oh, (laughs) I don't really like hitting my head. Feel good. Wow. Feel good. Um, And that's really what did it. And just now just being over the years, like I just don't really drink that much in general. Um, maybe I'll have a cocktail on vacation or a glass of wine here and there, but even still, like, I don't like the way I feel. I've gotten to a point in my athleticism, if you will, where I am so fine tuned with my diet and everything I do that I feel everything. Mm. I mean, I feel when I don't take a certain supplement, I feel like I can feel it on a cellular level now because I am that in tune with my body goals I aspire to get there (laughs) that's so cool you will and like I said remember what I said before it takes time it's not like I just woke up one morning and I fixed that and fixed this and knew this and knew that it's like it is a constant self-discovery and trying to figure it out and being like this works Mm. this doesn't work all right let's try this and just staying curious in what it feels like um and constantly asking yourself like do I like how this feels yeah all right let's keep doing it oh it's amazing You're so inspiring. I could, I could listen to you talk about all these things for hours. I'm sure my listeners could too. Okay. Before we go, where can everyone find you? Also plug your coaching and your, your journal as well. Yeah. So everyone can find me on Instagram. Like I said, at the beginning at Mads Tads, M-A-D-D-Z-T-A-D-D-Z. And of course I have a website, www.mansetize.com. But I always say Instagram's kind of where it goes down. I have a TikTok too, but it's like not that great. So, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Blah. you know, that's, that's a whole nother story, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much where it goes down and you can find all my coaching and um, my gratitude practice is available on Amazon. It's called wildly capable, wicked, fearless. And I have a podcast also called Wicked Fearless. So all things Wicked Fearless and all things Mads Tads really on my Instagram. That's where it goes down. So that's where you can find me. And I always say, if you enjoyed this episode with Callie and I, like tag us. If you're walking on the beach, if you're walking your dog, if you're on your way to the ice rink, don't do it while you're driving or whatever, but pull over and be like, oh my God, I love this tidbit or I got this quote or whatever. That's the coolest thing I love to see. And like, that's Mm -hmm. the way I love to connect the most when I see it, when I see the ripple effects out happening. Cause I don't know about you, but when I press publish, I'm like, is anybody listening to this? Like who's out there? Like, hello. So that's always what I uh, kind of encourage people to do towards the end. Yeah. Okay. Well, everyone go follow her. Also DM her any questions, message her all the things. And thanks again for coming on. And yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was so fun. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you absolutely love this episode. It inspired you. It brought some joy into your day. If you loved it, make sure you go and tag us listening on Instagram at Healthy Pod. Also, feel free to leave a review. It helps us a ton with just reaching more people all around the world and spreading love and light into the podcast space. So definitely go and leave that review if you love the show and have the best day ever. Keep shining. I'll see you next week. And just stay healthy, but human. You deserve so much love in the world. And I hope you get all of that love this week. All right, I'll see you next time. Bye.